freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 388 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is citizen leadership, and our guest is Eli Crane. Eli is a former Navy SEAL and is running for elected office as a Congressional U.S. House of Representatives in AZ2 to unseat Democrat Representative Tom O'Halloran. Eli is an American first candidate who is pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and has the courage to take a stand against cancel culture and the radical left. Eli is a husband, a father, a veteran, an entrepreneur, and a man of faith. Welcome back to the show, Eli. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So we had you on when your race was, you know, young and fresh and still wet behind the ears. And now you won your primary, which is no easy feat, right? No, it definitely wasn't. It was a tough primary. We had seven people in that race and uh, we're, we're grateful to have uh come out the other side and now we're looking to unseat uh, Tom O'Halloran. And uh, what would you say is sort of the, the current state of that race? Because O'Halloran, I mean, he's been sitting there a while, right? Like right. he's, he's the incumbent. And sometimes it's easy if you, you're the guy that's already in the chair to just keep staying there. Um, but things seem very, very different right now in the the mood and the temperature of of the voters of arizona what what are your thoughts on that so yeah that that's definitely gonna play a big part of it you know just uh i think the uh difference that the american and arizona constituents saw between the trump administration primarily prior to COVID 19 and what they're seeing now with uh inflation that we haven't seen in uh, four decades um you know we're seeing uh the government just become becoming more overreaching every single day with you know the fbi raiding marlago um you know and 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 just you know at the gas at the gas pump in the grocery store it doesn't really matter people know that their dollars aren't going far enough and they're just you know um you know i think they're fed up fed up about it. And then there's the other factor that um, Tom O'Halloran is the most vulnerable Democrat in the entire country. That's not made up. It's not hyperbole. Um, it's not even, he's not even the most vulnerable Democrat just in Arizona, but the entire country. So, um, and a lot of that guys has to do with uh, redistricting. Mm. Uh, when this district, which used to be called Congressional District 1, it's now called Congressional District 2. Um, uh, there were there were parts of the state pulled into the district, so it used to be rated at an R plus two. It's now rated at an R plus seven point five. Wow, and that's that's one of the biggest reasons he's so vulnerable. He knows it. A lot of people thought he was going to retire, but he decided not to, and so now it's our job to uh, make that happen. Well, he might retire anyway, right? Forceful yeah. retirement. We would love to throw him a yeah. retirement party, right? That's the plan. That's the plan. You know, if if the voters just realize how how things changed in the last two years under Democratic control, yep. That then and they just wake up to that. I mean, you hear rumors. Uh, well, gas is going down. Well, why is it going down? Well, it's coming time to an election, mm -hmm. right? Right. 
So they're, yeah, they're just the fooling. Down yeah. is nowhere no, near, near what, no. where it was just even two years ago. Maybe half, but right? More. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about the redistricting, and we are talking about you are running for an office at the the federal level, yep. but to represent a state, um, what what area of Arizona are you talking about that that you would represent again at the federal level? Yeah, so it's the very large rural district in Arizona. So for those of you that know Arizona well, it's basically um, Flagstaff, Sedona, Prescott, Pine Top, Sholo, the Grand Canyon, all the way up to the Four Corners. Um, it even comes down the New Mexico uh, border down south of Phoenix into Pinal County. You have Florence in it as well. So it's this massive rural district. It's got... Um, so much beauty in it, a lot of natural resources in it. And uh, it's just a gorgeous, it's just a gorgeous uh, district, but it's massive. So it takes a lot of time to drive, you know, travel around. We've spent a lot, we've done a lot of windshield time as we call it. And, uh, you know, it's going to definitely take somebody who's willing to hustle to uh, represent this district. Absolutely. And so, you know, you've got, you know, very, very rural and, and forest and, you know, there's got to be some farming in there somewhere, right? Yep. So yep. Uh, some sometimes there's a, a little bit of a war between, you know, people that think, well, if you're going to conserve this part, then, you know, you can't have that part. But it, it's really hard to find that collaboration and that consensus, I think, sometimes. But you've clearly managed it if you've won your, your primary over seven other opponents. Um, do you, what do you, feel has prepared you to, to be, make that kind of, um, you know, we can all come together collaborative message. Well, you know, coming from the, coming from the military and primary, primarily the SEAL teams and then into entrepreneurship and small business, those are both um, heavy team environments. And you have to understand that it's, it's not about any one person. Um, but uh, you, you have to have a, you know, a teamwork mentality and, uh, you know, the, the military and uh, entrepreneurship definitely did a really, uh, you know, really good job uh, instilling uh, that, that teamwork mentality in me and uh, just, you know, uh, you know, humbleness and understanding this isn't about me. I'm just a representative. Um, if I get an opportunity to represent this district and am able to retire Tom O'Halloran, it won't be about Eli Crane and, uh, you know, hopefully Eli Crane goes in and, you know, represents for, you know, a couple, couple of years and then, you know, does what, uh, I believe our founders intended and, you know, come back home and, uh, you know, spend, spend time with, with my family. But, um, but yeah, I think the military and entrepreneurship have prepared me, uh, for this. I, I can, I mean, I was not military, but we've been entrepreneurs for our entire 37 years of marriage. And it really just even getting the two of us on the same page sometimes is a, a feat. You no know? way. <laughs> <laughs> You've huh. never experienced that, right? Todd, how <laughs> much time, how much time have you spent on the couch, sleeping on the couch? I haven't, you know, we've been married, we've been married 37 years mm -hmm. and oh, we've been, got it right that we've time. been self-employed. So really that's uh 74 yeah. years. Yeah, that's what we like to say. We it's should double, <laughs> you know, because uh, because we live and breathe it, you know, and my daughter's involved too. And, and it is a team thing. It's not about me and her, or my daughter. So it's about all of us. So it's um, so true and growing, you know, the brand and, and the reason to grow the brand is to serve people, right? right? And so that has got to be such a core value that you and your family are tapping into because when one person serves in the military or one person is now getting ready to serve in in this realm this snake pit of a realm politics it takes the whole family doesn't it no it really does and uh that's why i'm so grateful to uh you know be married to my wife because she's just an amazing woman and you know she's as strong as they come and there's no way that i could have done this without you know her, you know, being as strong and supportive as she is. And it also, as a dad, you know, it, it there's a part, you, it's kind of a dichotomy because you're concerned about, you know, um, 
being away from your family a lot and, you know, the effects that that will have. But at the same time, you understand that um, the example that you're setting um, in, in, in it, you know, continued service once you take off the uniform and serving something greater than yourself and the sacrifice that that takes. I'm hoping that my kids pick that up and realize that, you know, it, especially in the generation of the selfie, that this this life isn't about you. And uh, you'll never find fulfillment if you try and make it about you. And I don't think you'll live a great life if you try and make it about you. So um, if you if if each each and every one of us learns to take the God, you know, God given skills, talents and abilities that we have, use those to serve and try and bless other people. You know, I think that that's probably the best way I know of to uh, parent my kids um, and setting that example so that they can hopefully live um, a purpose driven life as well. Well, I love that. Um, so when I think about, you know, everything that we do or don't do in our lifetime will have reverberating impact on our kids and our grandkids. And then I look at sort of what it, it seems when I flip on the thing called the news, always in air quotes, uh, it seems like the state of our our world, the state of our nation is, is a mess. I don't know who couldn't want to step forward right now and, and try to, to make it better, but you know, we've got the inflation we've talked about. We've got a porous border. There's so many issues. We can't even figure out what pronouns to use. We didn't even know what pronouns were growing up. And now, (laughs) you know what I mean? I failed that on my English test every time. And now I've got to, I've got to learn it in the fast lane. But it seems to me that it can't be all bad news. If if the bad news helps compel people to get involved, then I guess it, it's we can use that. But um, but there also has to be a glimmer of light out there somewhere, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I do, and I think that you know you're kind of leading into it, and that I think the glimmer of hope and light there is that. I think a lot of people are waking up, you know, you, as human beings, we can only take so much insanity before we start to, you know, start asking questions like why have things gotten so bad so quickly? Um, and how did this, how did this happen? And so that's one of the glimmer of hopes that I've seen is in, in just watching people that I never thought, including myself, you know, um, try and insert themselves into the mix and um, run for, you know, public office, or school board or PC commit uh, committeeman or whatever it is, uh, people just understand that, um, you know, we, we can't just sit back and watch anymore. We're going to continue to see more of the insanity that we see every day. And so I think that's the glimmer of hope, you know, because when you look back at the founding of our country, you know, our founding fathers, they could have done what, you know, um, you know, conquering, humans have done since the beginning of time and they they could have uh given themselves the reins and the power um and they didn't they actually uh they actually wanted a limited government and our framing documents um resemble that and but the the dichotomy of that is is that if you have a government and a country that's of by and for the people when those people are checked out and not engaged it does create a a a a, vac- a, a vacuum and right now that vacuum is being uh, filled by what it almost always gets filled by in this wicked, broken world. And that's greed, corruption, you know, power hungry, you know, men and women who will basically do anything, you know, necessary to achieve uh, the end game. And uh, right now that's being filled with, in my opinion, um, um, you know, socialism, communism, Marxism. And that's hard for Americans to even wrap their heads around. I mean, I, I don't think most Americans even want to hear it when people say that. But if you actually study um, history and you study, um, you know, the those three that I mentioned, that's exactly what's going on. And it's be, largely because we've been complacent, passive. We haven't been engaged, you know, in um, in, in in our government. Eli, they haven't taught us that in school. They quit. They quit teaching that. Um, we see that the government is giving all this free stuff to people. They're taking the money from the hardworking people and giving it to people that don't do anything. 
Um, we're, we're having uh, 87,000 new IRS agents coming in. We've got the raid on Largo. All these things are uncontrollable, big government trying to take over. And I think people are waking up. I, pay, I think that the, the people are saying, wait a minute, my, my free phone's not worth that, you know? And I think we're going to see some changes and people are speaking up. And I hope it's going to be enough that we can save this country because it's a mess. Well, we've mentioned a couple of times the raid on Mar-a-Lago, the home of former President Trump. Uh, I can look at that in a bunch of different ways. In in some ways, it almost just feels like a flex, you know, kind of like, well, look, if we can do this to a former president, yeah. what what hope do you have, mom and pop America? Right. But, what what is your take? Because you also have sort of that strategic military mindset and background. What is your your opinion about all that? Yeah, I think it was a a two part maneuver. Um, one, to your point, Cheryl, it was a flex, and I think it was uh, intended to um, send a message to anybody and everybody out there that you know might be willing to uh, try and drain the swamp or even you know, um, thwart the agenda of the, you know, of these radicals. Um, you know, and I think the other thing too was, uh, it was, it was intended to try and, uh, um, you know, Jack Sobic called it a preemptive coup, basically to try and stop President Trump from running again in 2024. And I, we all know that they've wanted that. We all know that they, they're scared to death of President Trump. Um, they don't want him to run again. They want him to be gone. I'm sure many of them wish even worse for him than that. Um, but I think that, it, it, you know, it's it's two parts. But when you couple it with the, uh, the 87,000 IRS agents that were just hired, I mean, it, it really, the, the theme, it, you know, isn't, isn't freedom, right? The right. theme is control. And uh, when I talk about communism, Marxism, and socialism, that's... That's the, that's the ultimate goal. That is what that is what they want. And you need look no further than the last couple presidential elections. I mean, my God, we, we had an avowed socialist come in in the in the top four the last the last two cycles. Right. And for all you listen, all the people that listen to and watch your show out there, I highly recommend it. Go Google uh, Dr. Vody Bauckham cultural Marxism. He's a pastor. Um, but man, he gives a phenomenal, um, a phenomenal lesson on uh, cultural Marxism, what it is, how it's an offshoot of traditional Marxism. Traditional Marxism tried to divide us up economically based on, you know, what you had, the haves, the haves, not, have nots, the proletariat, the bourgeoisie. And it didn't really work in the West because we were so prosperous here, they couldn't get people to buy it. What they did is they took a spin on traditional Marxism. It's the goal is still to divide us up, but instead of trying to divide us up economically, now they're dividing us up culturally with the ethnicity, race, et cetera. And I, I fear and I believe that this, this new rendition of Marxism has been much more effective and people have bought into it because they see um, the, the thin veneer of virtue over the top of it. Americans want people to be treated fairly. And so when they start to hear all these great terms like equity and equality, they're like, yeah, sign me up for that. Mm -hmm. And so, but when you actually study cultural Marxism, and if you go watch Dr. Vody Bauckham, cultural Marxism, he'll take you through chapter and verse. The history of it um, came from Antonio Gramsci and the Frankfurt School how it came to the how it came to the U.S. and what its intentions are, and it's one of the oldest, um, you know, battle tactics in the book, and that is divide and conquer. And why? Because a house divided cannot stand, and that's what you're seeing going on in the U.S. right now. They break us up into all these little categories, you know, based based on ethnicity, race, um, gender. Now, you know, what whatever whatever it is. And like I said, a house divided cannot stand. And I, I fear that if we don't wake up and understand what we're dealing with and what we're fighting, um, they'll be able to destroy the U.S. without firing a shot. And, uh, 
you know, so I, I think it's important that we, you know, Sun Tzu talked about a long time ago, he said, know your enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of people were so complacent, we're so free, we're so prosperous here that we don't, you know, you guys were talking a second ago, we don't, we don't even teach our kids anymore about communism, Marxism, socialism, etc. Um, and it, it, it is within the gate, it's destroying this country. And if we don't, like I said, if we don't wake up, we're going to lose this country and people are going to be, you know, back to standing in bread lines, gasoline lines, afraid, terrified, you know, to say what they really, really think about a very oppressive, you know, government that has one, one, one goal and one goal only, and that is absolute power. I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, so many thoughts came through my mind as you were talking and, you know, one of them is it's, I almost feel like our savior is going to be just the, the natural pendulum swing that happens. It's like you peg out so far in one direction that it it's generally just the natural response to, to go back in the other direction, but we can't rely on that. We have to be more proactive than that. Right. And when when we're not, again, teaching our children the idea of critical thinking skills, we're in the age of information. Right. And instead of us being the most intelligent and the most wise, because those are two different things, arguably, uh, we're just in the age of just gobbling down whatever the loudest and most consistent message is. Right. And then we've got no tool to to kind of weigh it and sift it right and, and separate the chaff from the wheat uh, in in messaging, and it's it's destroying. It really is is destroying us all the way down to you know families. COVID showed us you know we can lose friends and family members over something like whether you wear a mask on your face or not. Like what is happening to us? It's it's just it's craziness and. And having a common set of values, you know, for us, it would probably be our Christian values, right? Boil it down to who created us and, and what did our creator want for us and what what instruction book did he leave us? Right. But if that's even been destroyed for so many people, they're left adrift. And so they have the religion of politics or the religion of culture. And it's, it's so tragic to me. Um, but, but you are part of the solution. We are trying to be part of the solution. Um, and so I guess that is the hopeful part of that. And then getting back to this idea of, you know, the government, who was it? Ronald Reagan said the most dangerous five words are I'm from the government and I'm here to help you or something like that. Right. 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 Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, absolutely. And, uh, it's interesting going in applying for a job or a position as a representative or a congressman trying to go to a body where you're, you know, my main focus will be trying to keep that body or that, you know, institution as much out of our lives as possible and actually thwart a lot of their help as Ronald Reagan alluded to. And, you know, as somebody that worked in the federal government, you know, for a good amount of time, 13 years, you know, I've seen more fraud, waste and abuse in the federal government, you know, than I care to remember. And uh, that's what happens when you're spending other people's money. That's what happens when there's no accountability. You know, I remember when there were times when I was in the military where, you know, some of our leadership would run in, you know, to the office and be like, hey, give me a list of, you know, you know, 20, 20 things that you guys want, because we, uh, we haven't spent all of our budget. And uh, I don't care if it's sunglasses, jackets, whatever it is, knives, just give me a list of it. Because if we don't spend our budget, we don't get it the next time, right? That's not how the private sector works. No, no I wish it did. <laughs> right, right. When you're, when you're spending your own money, you don't, you don't behave that way. But when you're spending other people's money, and that's why socialism and these other programs, these other government programs that I keep going back to and talking about, it's one of the reasons they're so, they're so destructive. Because there is no there is no accountability, and when you're spending other people's money, you know you you don't have to be responsible with with how you do it. You really don't care, and uh, yeah. So it's uh, it's you know it's definitely interesting, um, but I think it's necessary. 
And I'm glad to see so many uh, men and women, especially veterans that serve this country, stepping up and being willing to serve again. Because, you know, I tell people just because you were a veteran or served in the military, I don't think that that means you're going to be a great congressman or a great leader or anything like that. But I do like to tell people that if at one point in your life you were willing to die for it, that's usually a pretty good start. And so, um, you know, it, 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 we were talking about talking about hope a second ago that is another glimmer of hope that i see just in this cycle guys i've seen at least eight or nine navy seals run that's never happened before i've seen at least that many green berets run you know in you know air force guys and marines and and you know soldiers and just people coming out of the woodwork and back after you know the after world war ii i think uh you know it was like 75 percent of our uh, representatives and you know folks in Congress were veterans. And now it's down to, I think, around 10 or 15%. So I'd like to see those numbers get back up, just because when you have stake in the game, and you've actually been to some, you know, some of these places around the world that rule through fear, oppression, dictatorship, you know, it, it, it definitely opens your eyes to the reality of what what can happen if, uh, you know, if government goes unchecked, and is allowed to, you know, become what it tends to want to become. So he's what he's saying is when you fight for freedom, you know what freedom really is. Mm. Right? I like that. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. So well, and the idea of having so many um, you know, seals running, as you say, it's like, you know, the idea that the the general public I think has is that there's that, you know, real true grit, never quit um kind of mentality. And if it's focused on preserving the constitution and individual liberties, then holy cow, yes, please more. We want more people like that running because so often it seems like people go into politics what, at whatever level, but definitely at the federal level. And then it just all becomes about compromise. And so we do have to collaborate, right? right. Right. And so there's a degree of, of being able to find middle ground, which can be the word compromise. But um, I do think that when you've got your, your mission minded focus uh, that, that you're going to move the needle more towards <clears throat> the constitution rather than capitulation. Is that, is that yeah, absolutely. resonate? Absolutely. No. Um, and well, so, you, yeah, I just want to say, you know, Eli, we have a lot of people in uh, that are running the Arizona right now that don't believe in all of our rights. Mm. And I just encourage you, I'm looking at a post over here of Winston Churchill, and it says never give in. Please never give in when people are trying to take our rights away from us, whether they're in the Arizona or uh, US, please. No, I, I hear you, brother. And uh that that that's actually the number one responsibility of the government is to protect our unalienable God-given rights. And, uh, you know, so I hear you loud and clear on that. And uh, th that is definitely something that uh, I'm going to put at the bedrock of uh, my mission. Awesome. Thank you. And I, I do want to, just before we run out of time here, come back to that idea of, you know, government is supposed to protect and preserve everybody takes that there is you know elected into a, a position of authority takes an oath to protect and preserve and defend our constitution our bill of rights but government right now looks like it is just protecting itself against the citizenry and yep. um part of that image is all of a sudden out of nowhere in the middle of a recession in the middle of our, our borders being stormed by people, however you want to um, define that, you know, some people say it's an invasion, some people say it's a humanitarian need or, or something of that effect. Uh, uh, in the middle of all that, we end up with 87,000 or whatever the number is, IRS agents, yep. and they want to arm the IRS agents. Well, yep. we're, we're for self-defense. So, if, you know, we, we can't really argue with the fact that, okay, if they want to be armed we can't argue with that but we do question well what what about the the enactment of your job as an irs agent is you know 
Why is that a key focus of it? And what are all these 87,000 agents setting out to do? Uh, I, I just, what do you suppose they're going to be doing? Well, um, my opponent in this race, Tom O'Halloran, did an interview last week, and he, you know, he supported, he supported this in the last uh, spending bill that came through. Uh, I think it was called the Inflation Reduction Act, and um, which That's is ironic, name. which is <laughs> ironic because it's actually going to pour gasoline on inflation because we continue to print money that we don't have. But um, it was interesting that you know he. Uh, he talked about that why this was important to have you know a, a full football stadium of new IRS agents. By the way, for your listeners out there, um, that actually doubles the amount of IRS agents. Okay, so we're not talking about oh we we increased IRS agents by ten percent. That doubled the amount of IRS agents. So to give you an idea of of what it's all about, you know he Tom O'Halloran said oh well you know the reason we needed this many you know more. IRS agents because we needed um, more revenue streams. Think about that for a second. Is that is that what we feel like is missing from our government? They need more revenue streams. They need more mm. of our money. Um, and and if so, how do you think that they're going to spend that money? Do you think they're going to spend it responsibly when we have over thirty trillion dollars in debt? And so those are the questions that you know I want people to ask themselves. And if if you if you all because I'm I'm big I'm big on freedom. I'm big on people getting to choose what they want. If that's what you guys want, you know, if you, if you want, you know, if you want more audits, if you want um, more, the government to have more revenue streams, i.e. more of your money, and then you think that they're going to do a good job of spending it, then by all means, keep voting for, keep voting for these Democrats. Because one thing I'll tell you about Democrats, whether it's Tom O'Halloran or AOC, for the most part, they vote in lockstep. They move in lockstep. Mm -hmm. Tom O'Halloran, he's not really that radical of a guy. He, he's not like AOC, like, you know, but he votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time. Ooh, you said votes, that word. I know. I know. Is that a bad word? Is that a lot, a lot on your show? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's and, allowed, but he's always going to react that way. Yeah, and he, and he votes with Nancy. He, he votes with AOC 94% of the time. So it just they just vote in lockstep. And that's one thing that they're good at doing. They're good at moving in unison and in lockstep, which enables them to get a lot of this stuff done. But on, on the other side of the house, when, when you look at Republicans and conservatives, you know, we have factions within our party and it's much more based on principle than doing what you're told. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's a dichotomy of itself. You know, it, we don't get as much done, but at the same time, you have people and leaders and elected officials making their choices based more on principle and what 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 agenda they believe in. And for myself, I'm an America first candidate. And that means that I put that America first lens in front of everything I look at, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, sending aid, foreign aid to Ukraine, whether it's looking at our southern border, um, whether it's energy independence, you know, or whether it's supporting law enforcement. You know, I always ask myself, what's best for America? What's best for American citizens? And I think that's where the momentum of the party is right now. But we still are a minority, you know, within within our own party. And I'm hoping to head to the Freedom Caucus and come along individuals like Jim Jordan, um, Andy Biggs, Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene um, and, and others. And because I, I believe that they're the most proactive caucus on the House. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I believe they do the best job in really uh, promoting the America first agenda. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I'm hopeful that, you know, with enough prayer and trying to bring God back into the institutions that we have fought so hard to push him out of um, and people waking up and realizing we are definitely headed in a very dangerous direction. I'm hopeful that we can turn this thing around. Awesome. Me too. I, I really do. I, I feel like we are uh, on the right path to do that. And, you know, maybe, maybe these 87,000 IRS agents are going to um, audit the federal government. I mean, maybe could, no, you don't think, okay, never mind. Well, Eli, during the uh, Obama administration with uh, Biden, uh, the IRS were, were real heavy into, and we got audited in our gun shop. 
we yep. gave a donation to our church, which was a substantial donation, and then uh, the gun shop. So we got audited a year and almost six months it took for the audit, and they end up having to give me money back. But but it cost me thirty thousand dollars in fees to fight it. Yep. And I just read an article uh, where a guy that uh, he was a political guy. I don't remember his name. It was on Fox News that he went through a year audit and it cost him a hundred thousand dollars to fight it. And he won that audit as well. So see, they don't care how they don't care. They're just, they're going to tell you all the money and you have to fight it. And that if, if the money would come back to me, if they'd have to give me that money back that I had to spend Mm -hmm. now, we'd have something, but we don't, they tell us you owe us some money. You might as well just pay it. Yep. And they call it, they call it lawfare. And it's one of the most effective ways to, for the government to destroy um, any opposition. And to your point, it's just by making individuals rack up, you know, tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars in uh, legal fees. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was interesting because my wife and I, Jen, when we ran our company Bottle Breacher, we got audited as well. And it's a, for those of you that haven't gone through it, it can be a very scary experience. It can be very overwhelming. Um, It can be very expensive. And it was interesting, guys, because the week after I announced my run for U.S. Congress, Guess who we got a surprise inspection from? First time ever in the history of our company, OSHA. OSHA. Can't surprise imagine. inspection the week after I announced my candidacy, you know, for Congress. And so that's how these folks play. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, you know, they will use whatever they can, whatever levers they can. Now, I can't tell you 100% that, you know, that that, that was, uh, you know, that was intentional, but after, you know, running my company, I think at the time for nine years, never having OSHA, you know, we'd had OSHA inspections where we never had a surprise one before. And I thought that was a little coincidental. So um, that's how, that's how these folks work. And and that's why, you know, I I like to beat the drum and try and get people to wake up and understand that, hey, we've had it good here for a very long time. But if we don't wake up, if we don't wake up and get involved, if we don't, if we don't get in tune with that word activism and all that really means is just action. You find, you take the skills, talents, and abilities God's given you. I don't care care if you're an attorney, you know, I don't care, um, you know, what, what your talents are, but you can use your skills, talents, and abilities to take action and get involved. And uh, you know, even if, even if you're just donating to causes like turning point USA, you know, right here in Arizona, those guys go into, you know, the, you know, the, the belly of the beast, the academic system every single day. And they try and wrestle kids away from these radical ideologies that just destroy their minds and teach them to hate the United States of America. Even if you're just using, you know, your, your resources to, you know, support organizations like that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be doing something. And that's, that's what I hope that not only, I hope that I flip this seat, but I hope that, um, something I saw on the battlefield is that fear is contagious, but courage is contagious and action is contagious. And I'm hoping that as people see more and more of us wake up and, and become active in this fight to preserve, you know, what we've been blessed with um, more and more people will follow suit. Right. Never give in. Yes, exactly. From your lips to God's ears. I I love all of that. Well, as we start wrapping up, tell folks how they can, help with your your campaign because campaigns don't just happen on their own right it takes manpower it takes dollars donations of time energy money uh tell folks how they can reach out and help well thank you guys again for the opportunity um if people want to go um find me and support our campaign we greatly appreciate that um eliforarizona.com is the website and um you know, for those of you guys that have, obviously you guys have a following that loves firearms and, and the second amendment and everything that goes along with that. My opponent, I, I believe he has an F rating with the NRA. I have an A rating with the NRA. Um, and uh, if they want to find me on social media, Eli Crane under, uh, underscore CEO is a great way to find me. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. 
Right. Absolutely. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Thank your family for us as well. And uh, best of luck with uh, your continued campaign and God bless. God bless you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I just have this image of when they unseat him, that, uh, oh, oh, what's his name? O'Halloran. Mm -hmm. That they literally just pull the chair from under, <laughs> falls to the ground. Well, I, you know, he made such a good point, Eli did right there at the end that, I mean, it's sort of just baked in now, it feels like that if you, if you are a Democrat, right, maybe not our neighbors, right, or our friends who are Democrats, but if you are part of the political party and the political machine, if you are a Democrat, then you are going to be in lockstep. And right now, part of that lockstep is your anti-individual um, rights where it comes to your um, Second Amendment or your, your right to own whatever self-defense tool is the best for your life. And so I didn't even think to, you know, sort of make that one of our conversation pieces with Eli is because, you know, just by that contrast, he, Eli would be more for our individual rights. I should have let him say that more. He said um, it for but, himself, right. but uh, you know, it, it's a sad thing yeah. when we've come to that place where, you know, we have friends who are actually elected officials who are part of the democratic party, who are gun owners. And they would stand there with a straight face and vote to take right. your right your ability to own guns away right. while they sit there and own them themselves. So Democrats, now, they're they're harming their own right. their own self. But it's like, what are you thinking? How how is that a reasonable mindset or outlook? I'm sorry, I interrupted. Well, I'm just you. saying, anytime anytime a Democrat, I I'm, I hate to label people, but when a Democrat comes up to you and says, "I'm for human rights." Mm -hmm. Then just ask them, um, are you for rights for everyone or select few? Right. Because that's what for, it is. Are you for the human <clears throat> right that says that I can protect my human life? Right. But they seem to, we, we got to take rights away from these people mm -hmm. to help these people. But that's really, you know, I, no, you don't, you know, <laughs> everybody has rights. And it's not how any of this works. You have a right to own a firearm or not own a firearm. Well, right? in, yes. And so recently um, in New York, right after the Supreme Court ruled on the Bruin case that said, you know, uh, that yeah, the Second Amendment really is what it says it is. So New York uh, politicians, you know, jumped up and instead of saying, well, okay, that's, you know, that's the way it is. We all have the right to keep and bear arms and take them out with us, right? They, uh, they said that that ruling which actually, you know, ex re-expanded rights, mm -hmm. said that it was taking rights away. So what right is it taking away? Well, first of all, we have to understand what a right is and before we can even understand their sentence. But what they're saying is, you know, somebody's <clears throat> idea of feeling, feeling safe that I restricted you from, from owning and carrying a gun, somehow that's become a right my feeling about being safe and that was taken from me because the supreme right. court supported our bill of rights <clears throat> right. that that's what i say they take away one right they take it from secure. some to give to others it's the most Doesn't insane work. twisting just, of logic yeah, i'm so glad you mentioned new york oh i'm sure you are right so new york has just saved. you know the world is safe now is new it? york city new york is safe oh well, thank goodness because a year oh. ago a little over a year ago they made a law that says that you can't have you can't buy Miracle Whip in a can, <clears throat> a spray can, unless you're 21. I'm sorry, what? Whip yeah, cream? a year ago. They made this law. You couldn't buy whipped cream in a can. Not spray paint. No, whipped cream. Okay, whipped cream. Until you're 21 years old. Okay. Okay, so you have to prove that you're 21. Well, they enforce it. they're enforcing it now. So this is a top priority. You are punking me right no, now. No, I'm not. It's a, it's a top priority. You are making this It's up. a top priority. If you are a retail store and you sell somebody you have whipped to cream in a can to buy whipped cream, you, if you sell somebody whipped cream in a can under 21, you could be fined, I think, $750, something like that, and could be prosecuted. No. Yeah. So, but so next time I go to 
uh, New York, I think I'm going to take a bunch of cans of Miracle Whip and sell it on the side of the street. <laughs> the black for, market. Yeah, the black market. For whipped cream. Whipped cream, guys. Whipped cream. So we're safe now. You have I mean, to be carded to buy whipped cream. Yes, so I'm you, not joking. Yeah, no, no, you have to be carded by whipped cream. Yeah. So if it's in a spray can, because they use the gas that's in the can to inhale it. And so they're going to hey, take our rights. They're going to they're going to protect us by taking our rights away from us. You got to be 21. Now I know I understand that Miracle Whip is not in the Constitution. Stop it. There is no. I'm not having this 18th Amendment that says that you can you know Miracle Whip shall be allowed. Okay, New York. Glad you got. Well, I'm just going to tell you straight. this. When I go to New York, you have to pry it out of my dead cold hands. Your whipped cream. My whipped cream. Oh my gosh, I can't. I cannot. You've, whipped cream. you've done the impossible. You. You've stolen my words. I am speechless. But now we can go to New York safe. Yes. But if now you want to have right. dessert, you might have a problem. Right. I mean, we're over. I think. I mean, I'm you still can't ride the subways, but. Well, maybe. We've solved ah, the what if you carry whipped cream. cream with you? <laughs> no, I don't even know what to say about this because I feel like at some level you're going to say gotcha. I'm kidding. No, I'm not. And you and so a cop pulls you over and says, uh, "You have any firearms in the car? No, whipped cream." Let me see your license. You're just 18. You're in possession of whipped cream. Whipped cream. You are going to jail, son. Yeah. Oh seriously. my gosh, oh, I can't. Okay, so All right, we got to move on. Let's whip that out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to our amazing yeah. guest, Eli Crane. I am just so excited about um, watching his campaign yes. and watching how he is. You know, we called this episode "Citizen Leadership." And that is what it takes. Yeah. People that, you know, he got out of the military. He could have just been a business owner. Well, there's no such thing as just a business owner, yeah. right? Um, but it does take individual citizens stepping up, standing up, speaking out, serving at that level. It's a lot of work, a lot of energy. But uh, that is how our, our nation was even yeah. founded. It was shopkeepers and farmers that stood up against the most powerful military force of the time and said yeah no we're saying no to you taking our guns and that was at lexington yeah. and concord um and, and we just decided to take a stand and have a voice and we need to tap back into that lineage that energy those values right. but you know it's really sad mm -hmm. eli you know fought overseas for freedom for a right mm -hmm. come home and you have to fight for our freedom and rights in our own homeland. Isn't well, that? But you have to fight for them. Yes. Understood. But there was only one promise that our founders made, her, made us. Do you remember what made that her? is? What? Made us. What? <laughs> only one promise that our founders made us. That it would require eternal vigilance. Yes. Eternal vigilance. No naps. No time off. And the other side that once to rule us and take away all of our rights, they definitely understand that. Yeah. They they have eternal energy and resources, it seems like. And uh, so we have to have vigilance. We have to be in the yep. game. We have to we have do. our, our <clears throat> mind and our values and our energy all aligned. It's, it's a shame because people are flocking to this country for freedom. Yes. But then they're voting for non-freedom issues. Well, we don't know who's voting. Well, we know there are but... some. Definitely. Obviously, there's some people yeah, because we have be people, people that, right. that right. you know, fled and flocked here. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, there are too many people voting for the wrong, the wrong things. Yeah. Go somewhere else if it's already like that. Why change? And us? why can't dead people realize that freedom is so important when they vote? <laughs> why can't they realize that? I mean, I think about know. it. Think of all the dead people the that vote. Caucus. Yes. Is, that vote right now. Is strong. How do we reach them? And tell them, you know what? Our freedoms are still needed here, folks. Even though you're dead and you're voting. I don't know. We need a Madam Lolita, isn't that her name? In the Haunted Mansion. Is that her name? Seance. So no. we don't believe in seances. Don't no. do that. I don't even like to talk about that. No. <laughs> All right. So I was thanking our amazing guest. I'm thanking our awesome listeners and viewers thank you so much for taking these messages because we are talking to somebody in arizona about running in arizona about you know mostly arizona issues but what we what impacts one state 
definitely ends up you confusing me other states you said mo we talked about mostly arizona issues today no we talked about issues that are all across the united states right now we all have the same issues i like that we Good all job. need freedom and and so if you're in if you're in california ID. right and, you know if you're trying to buy whipped cream in new york and you can vote but you can't buy whipped cream uh there's a problem right so you can be 18 and vote in new york but you can't go in and buy don't buy whipped cream you can't buy whipped even cream. Try there it. needs to be a shirt for that don't somebody even right i'm gonna have anyway, that up because so i it, it's i know actual so, somebody wrote that down on paper got consensus it went to committee yeah it went to the vote no but anyway our no. our uh, our problems that we have here in arizona are all over the country guys Yes. And um, we we need people like Eli everywhere to absolutely to help keep our rights. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, if you want to watch this video over again or any of our videos, please go to a YouTube page, a gun streamer page or the Opslin smartphone app. When you go to these places, please click subscribe. But not just that click the notifications button because then as soon as we put up new content you get that fun little ding in your phone and aren't we just all like addicted oh. to that right that notification like <gasps> something new has happened in my world i can't wait to see it and if you want to <laughs> if you you're a little too excited about that little ding <laughs> if you want to listen to the audio only version of our show because you're clean in the house or out for a long walk or bike ride or you don't want to look at me whatever uh please go to our website which is gunfreedomradio.com you click on the dan anyway click on the dan click on the on demand tab and then what do you do your binge listens to your heart's content darling beautifully said and if you want to uh, see the photos and bios of all of the guests, oh that we've all the way back to our very first guest ever. Oh, that would be Ken Blanchard. Yes, it would. The black man with a gun. Yes, he wrote that book. It's on the shelf behind us somewhere. And uh, we haven't talked to Ken in way too long. We need to we need to reach back out to him yes. and find out what's been going on in his world. But uh, yeah, so our guest file goes all the way back to the beginning. And, uh, you know, it is a, a wonderful resource. Please use it. Also. 2016. Well, that was David Cole. Mm -hmm. That wasn't uh, Ken Blanchard. But anyway, what are we going to do until next time, Dan? We're going to pray for this nation. We are going to pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Even that one? Even that one you don't like. Maybe especially the ones you don't like, right? <laughs> you look dubious. All right. I just well, think until... about brushing my teeth real quick. And Because you said. Because I was going to say Nancy. Ah, now you said it. <laughs> All right. We've got to get out of here. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. Even to the ones you don't like. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.